All right, guys, I got a burning episode for you. It has to do with the last week's shootings that have occurred. The media immediately beginning to spin all this stuff up and say, hey, guns are a huge problem. We need control. We need Big Brother to step in and solve the problems. But I would submit to you this, this radical idea. The solution is already happening in front of us. And it's happening not because of the government. The government typically makes everything it touches worse. The solution is already springing up from the ground because whereas the media would look at these two travesties of Kansas City and also the Lakewood shooting in Houston, Texas, and say, look at this huge problem, I actually see the solution playing out in real time. We're going to talk about that today. We're also going to talk about four questions that are better than the questions the media is putting in front of you, which is how do we disarm the violent and mentally unhealthy people? How do we disarm them? I have four questions that are better questions than that. When I say it, you'll probably be a little bummed because you'd be like, they are really framing the question to control a narrative to end you up at what they want you to believe. Don't fall for it. I'm going to equip you. We're going to be better. We're going to be eyes wide open, ears set, and hearts and minds all poised to be better. John Lovell Show, starting now. Here we go. The solution is playing out in real time right now. I'm thrilled to have seen this as I'm looking at these shootings and I'm just, I'm, I'm not poised, ready to, to land at the spot that I did. I was just reading about these different shootings. One of them was the Kansas City shooting. There was a Super Bowl party, a huge celebration, a massive crowd had gathered and three bad players, uh, one of which was an adult and two were minors, looks very gangish to me. Ended up having harsh words for people in the crowd. Gunfire erupted and they were chased down by crowd members and subdued until cops came. Now, in this, one person lost their life and that is tragic and terrible. Also, 21 people were injured in some capacity. But I feel like if this same thing had happened 10 years ago, the body count would have been much higher. What's changed? I think red-blooded Americans, brave men who are playing zone all across the world, sees bad players, want to shoot up a crowd, and they say, not on my watch, and they immediately chased these dudes down, tackled them until cops came and apprehended them. In short, the way we stopped bad violence was with good violence. It was the good guys putting them down. There was this one guy. His name is Trey Filter. He was a Chiefs fan, heard gunshots, saw one of the gunmen, and chased him down. And I wanted to read a quote from him. He said, I was just yelling, F your gun, and I was hitting him in his ribs. It was great, you know, America stuff, Filter told the New York Post. And I grinned ear to ear. In the midst of this, this is a tragic, awful thing, not something to laugh about, but his response, this American fearless, courageous. Here's a man. That's a man right there. F your gun. And he's just hitting him. And he says, you know, America stuff. And I'm like, man, that's the America that I love and miss. I miss courage. And so whenever I see it like this hero, uh, I, I want to just scream it from the rafters. What I saw was the people enacting a solution. It wasn't put down by gun reform or gun control or anything else like that. It was 
government not being the solution, but we the people standing up and being the solution. And so I love this. The other high-profile case I want to center on what happened in Lakewood Church. This is in Houston, Texas. There's a public speaker by the name of Joel Osteen. It was in his place of assembly that a person named Ganessa Yvonne Moreno, I don't know how to pronounce the first name, but apparently they weren't going for that name for a while. 36-year-old female that was a tranny because uh, apparently went by the name Jeffrey, and I'm not sure. I dug everywhere to figure out whether this was a dude cosplaying girl or whether it was a girl cosplaying dude, but mentally unstable, had many different arrests, six different arrests, unlawful carrying of weapons, assault of a public servant, assault causing bodily injury, forgery, theft, drug uh, possession. Uh, yeah, just a list. This is a mentally unwell person. I read somewhere that uh, possible diagnosis of schizophrenia. Anyway, this... Dude or female actually dead now, so it doesn't actually matter pronouns. Dead people don't have pronouns. Uh, This is, I guess, a birth certificate that we pulled up somewhere. It was labeled as a white female, but born in El Salvador with a Spanish last name coming to the Spanish church. And so it looks like the media is just desperate to label anyone they can as Caucasian white. When none of the shootings, there was other shootings that happened over the week, none of them are the white males that the media would like to castigate as the real, real violent perpetrators and the most dangerous people in America. Uh, This is a sidebar, but I thought I'd mention it right now. Ann Coulter went on Bill Maher. Uh, On the show, they were talking about a different shooting that happened, and Ann Coulter made the remark of like, well, we don't know about the shooter, but we do know that it was not a white male. And Bill Mayer immediately jumped on that and say, hey, we don't know. We don't know anything about this. Why would you make that reckless comment? And Ann Coulter pointed out, no, if it was a white male, we would already know. Uh, now, now, they laughed at this, scoffed at this, but it ended up being in that case as well. Ann Coulter was yet again completely right on this. And so I just notice and even male or female, I can't even get direct reporting. And it's real sad that I can't just read basic news reports and get some essential facts. But we do know that this person had a, a sincere confusion, uh, very mentally unhealthy. They entered into Lakewood Church around 2 p.m. right before a Spanish service. They had a trench coat, had a, a backpack on, uh, had gun inside, And under the coat had an AR-15. On the AR-15 was a sticker that said, Free Palestine. So you can immediately know what their ideology was. On with the story, I want to make this synopsis pretty darn quick. Moreno enters into Lakewood premises, has his, her, it, whatever, uh, seven-year-old son. She had gained custody over the seven-year-old in a battle with the ex-husband. Ex-husband called her, him, Jeffrey. And so again, I don't know who this person is. I do know that the ex-husband was in prison though, because he failed to register as a sex offender. And so, holy cow, my heart immediately reaches out to the seven-year-old kid who's going to have to pay for the severe unhealth of these crazies. In the exchange firefight that would end up resulting with Moreno, the seven-year-old would be shot in the head, whether it was by Moreno or whether it was by responding off-duty cops. We don't know, but we know he's whisked away to a children's hospital in critical condition as we speak. Um, no one else was killed in this exchange except for the shooter himself. Now, I've got to hand it to the two good guys, off-duty cops, 
who were playing zone, who were doing security, saw Moreno enter the uh, premises and ended up getting an exchange after Moreno emptied uh, the first mag. They put Moreno down and so killed him. And so this, just like the Kansas City Chiefs, is an example of good guys stepping up and eliminating collateral damage. If we didn't have heightened security with good guys carrying guns ready to defend people, what would the body count of this been uh, 10 years ago? or 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And it ends up being gun control wasn't what saved all these different people that would have gotten killed. It was strong men who were armed and ready. That's what did it. This person had already illegally possessed weapons before, had all kinds of assaults. What this person was doing on the populace at large, being released amongst the populace at large, I have no idea why they weren't in jail or in a mental hospital. I have no idea. That's something that we should ask lawmakers uh, about. But what I do see is the solution is working in front of us in real time. Two of these high profile mass shootings would have been really bad, except for good men, you guys standing up and protecting life. And so I see the solution playing out. I'm like, don't touch it. Government, don't pass any more laws. We've got this. We don't need you to screw this up anymore. Now, what I want to do with our time is I want to flip the narrative. The media wants you asking a certain question that will invariably arrive you at the answer that they're getting at. How do we disarm the mentally unstable? How do we disarm the violent? Here's the problem. You can't possibly do that. You, you can't pinpoint a large free people and say, how do we disarm these people without affecting the population at large? It can't be done, but their result will be gun control. Give the government the power to disarm people. Give the government the power to strip the free people of their Second Amendment. That's what it's going to be. Now, it won't be something so sensationalistic as what I just said. It won't be a big move. It'll be a small move. It'll be a cracked door like they've been doing with gun control laws for decades. And through that crack, they push it a little bit wider and a little bit wider and a little bit wider. Until farther down the line, the Second Amendment has been completely eviscerated, so it remains a name only, but practically, functionally, it doesn't exist anymore. I was thinking about the Boston Tea Party. It was a revolt over just single-digit increase in the tax of tea, and the colonists were so outraged by it that it led, cascading dominoes, to a revolution and a revolt. It was a tipping point that they freaked out of there. Now we enjoy something to the tune of a 30, 40% income tax. But for the purposes of understanding the weight of this, guys, some of y'all will pay January, February, March, April, four months of the year. All you're doing is just working to pay taxes. I say all this to remind you that the federal government, everything they touch, almost everything they touch gets worse. So don't give them the power over your Second Amendment. Don't fall for it. Don't take the bait. Here's four better questions than how do we disarm mentally unhealthy and physically dangerous people? Here's four better questions. Question one, how do we improve mental health? Guns don't kill anybody. Zero. Guns just sit around. I've got a gun right there. And I got one down there. And I got one up there. And uh, they're not going to shoot me. They're going to sit there on shelves doing nothing, being stupid, inanimate guns. No wills of their own. They don't just go off. People kill people. 
Guns don't. In nice France, 84 people were run over by a van. Van. It was an assault van. Maybe it was 81, 82. Anyway, you get the idea. You can have a mass casualty event with a stupid vehicle. And it's not the vehicle's fault. It's the driver's fault. It's not the gun's fault. It's the shooter's fault. And so, since all of these active killer events are happening, and by the way, so many of these people who are so mentally unhealthy have leftist ideologies and struggle with understanding whether they're a male or a female. And that's noteworthy. Where are all these mentally unhealthy people coming from? What is the ideology that's actually infecting them? I would bet academia is very culpable. I'd bet media is very culpable. I know social media is extremely culpable. I think fatherlessness is an epidemic. If strong men were raising kids and being more inactive in their kids' upbringing, they were present, you didn't just ship them off to government schools, I think we could do a great service in improving mental health. If mothers and fathers just actually raised their own kids and didn't give them to the government to be able to raise them. It's funny you don't hear the mainstream media talking about that, John, as a solution very often, do you? But that's the problem. We've always had guns in our past. See, we've always had guns. Guns have always been there. But it's mental health that has skyrocketed. That is what's the problem. Suicides and depression is off the charts. The amount of kids that are being medicated because of these uh, ailments of depression, off the chart, out of control. And so if you really want to solve this problem, one, let's look at how we improve mental health. What's actually hurting us? And that's not a question that the media is asking. It's a media of like, oh, it's a shooting. It's a shoot. Attack the guns. And in doing so, we reveal what it's really all about. There's a thousand other stories that could have been reporting. And in the Kansas City shooting, there there's one person who got killed. Do you know how many people are getting killed in Chicago on a normal basis? Why is it that this story is what everybody's talking about? The media decides what is important to you. They could have put in front of you a thousand other stories, so many other stories where people were getting killed, but because this one may have had an assault weapon and the Lakewood shooting and AR-15, those are the things that they're going after. And because mental health is tied uh, to some of these events, it's aha, red flag laws, gun control. How did these people get guns? We need to make sure somebody as mentally unhealthy as this shouldn't be able to get guns. Well, and the reason why that's never going to get done is because they are holding up people who have obvious mental health issues as people who don't have mental health issues. That's right. So they can't, even, they can't even crack the door to because they can't declare the very thing that people are suffering from that are causing them to commit murder as mentally unfit. It's such a good point, Ben. It's such a good point. We're saying it's they're mentally unhealthy. But when we talk about what might be mentally unhealthy of like, they don't know if they're a boy or girl. You're like, nope, that's healthy and it's brave. I'm like, well, yeah, of course people are mentally unhealthy. You can't agree that. Boys are boys and girls are girls. And that's being put up from like the top down. Academia, government, media are insisting that men can have periods. And so how can we ever address uh, mental health when the top institutions of power are promoting it uh, on the grandest scale? It's culpable. We are causing Great amounts of confusion and mental unhealth by not calling out gender dysphoria for what it is. It's a mental sickness. Let's move on to question two. 
Why is the government releasing violent criminals and mentally unhealthy people into the midst of our population? I can immediately cite the border. The border, we're releasing droves, tens of thousands of illegal aliens into their interior. Some of them we know have uh, terrorist ties. Some of them we know have gang-related ties. Some of them have criminal records, and we're releasing them into the interior. We're allowing them to sneak across the border, or we're giving them a free pass. Go on, guys. We also see in some of these woke cities that are soft on crime, violent criminals being immediately released. During the COVID pandemic, we saw two years of riots that the left in some of these woke cities just allowed to happen. Raise our cities to the ground. Beat people down. Destroy and steal whatever you want to do, and we're not prosecuting anyone. Why aren't they in jail? Great question. Why, why are they releasing violent criminals or mentally unstable people? I believe it's just classic Marxism. It lines up great. It's put the haves against the have-nots, create divi- division. This is the age-old divide and conquer. And if you can get a population to be warring with each other and afraid of each other, as they're uh, instead of looking at leaders who may be uh, held to some culpable standard, we're looking at each other, and as we fight— they're able to seize massive amounts of control of like, oh, you guys are fighting. Hey, we'll step in and fix your problems. And in desperation and fear in the guise of crisis, we hand over more and more essential liberties until we find ourselves enslaved to our ruling betters. I believe this is why our, our top officials are weak on crime and why they let massive amounts of people across the border unchecked. Why gangs are, are really running the southern parts of the United States along the border. Did you hear that funny story? Uh, it's not funny, but those ga- those uh, thugs uh, in New York City who beat up those two cops, and then in New York they let them go, and then uh, they were doing a report on this on the news, and you know one of the reporters was talking with an official who does gang violence, and they were saying, well, what a lot of these guys do is after they rob and beat everyone and rob their stuff in New York, they go down to Florida to sell the goods and then do their stuff, and then the reporter says, well, why why do they go down the to uh, to to Florida and, and sell the stuff, but then come back up to New York to do the thugging. And the uh, the the cop was like, "Well, because if they if they do thug life in Florida, they go to jail." Yeah. And the reporter's like, "Oh, that's right. If you're a violent criminal, you should be in jail. And if you were in jail, you can't get guns and go shoot up churches. If you're mentally unwell, you should be in psychiatric facilities, or you should be getting help and counseling for that. Some place where you couldn't." go schizophrenic gun foo on a populace at large either. And so by isolating those people that are severely mentally unhealthy and isolating those people who are violent and have a violent past and who have hurt people, assaulted people, killed people in the past, they should be in prison or in psychiatric wards, not roaming the streets. And it's these soft on crime policies that are handed down by, uh, by lefties that allow these people to be at large. That was the problem. They shouldn't have been on the streets in the first place. If you've murdered a bunch of people, you should be killed for it. Go through courts, death penalty. Now we don't have to worry about you. And it's not even a discussion on whether you should get out and being able to exercise Second Amendment rights. No, you murdered a bunch of people. We will kill you back now. That uh, Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Life for a life. That's justice. You want to shoot up a school of kids? You deserve to die. Just immediately you will be taken from this court and hung by your neck until dead. Let's bring back those days.
Now, instead of having these active killers with their faces plastered for all to see so they can re receive all that praise that they're looking for and that attention, the only thing that they're going to see when somebody goes active killer crazy on somebody is they are immediately taken and hung from their neck until dead. Let us see their strangling faces, their eyes bulging out of their faces so that there's no glory, there's no nothing attractive about shooting up a bunch of little kids in a school. You see a horrific, disgusting, vile death and know that your life will be ended on the other side of a rope, publicly disgraced. Let that be the way we deal with it. Let it be a anthem, a disincentivizing call to all those who want to hurt innocent people. This is what's going to happen, and it'll happen to you immediately. Let's move to question three. What could be a downside to passing gun control laws in general and red flag laws specifically? With gun control laws, the problem is, is you will end up punishing the good guys for what just a few bad actors are doing. Every gun law that you create, the good guys who follow laws may disarm themselves. This is why 96% of all active killer events happen in gun-free zones. What you're doing is you're inviting wolves to, to hunt in sheep pastures. With no shepherds ready to be able to defend, you've disarmed them. You've taken them out of the fight. Bad guys don't follow laws. So as you make more and more gun control laws, they ignore them. They're criminals. That's what criminals do. And so gun control laws punish the good guys for what the bad guys do, which slant the battlefield in favor of the bad guys. I mean, Mexico is a perfect example of this. Mexico has one of the highest levels of gun control in the world on planet Earth. They only have one gun store in all of Mexico. That's it. But uh, you see uh, gun violence is is rampant in Mexico, even though they have huge gun control. Right. That's right. If you look at the most dangerous cities, the most gun homicides per capita are in the cities around the United States with the strictest gun control laws. That's all you need to know. And, you know, and then and then I compare that to if you have a kind of a vanilla society, I look at Canada you know, where it ends up going with the, the desire for safety over dangerous freedom. Absolutely. Now, red flag laws are particularly dangerous. Now, the problem is, regardless of how it's pitched on the public in the first place, oh, it's just a 1% tax on tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the 40% tax comes after it. You're going to take inch by inch by inch. And so whether red flag laws started as something that was just real narrow, real nuance, we promise not to abuse it, it would end up being abused. I mean, yeah, now, look, at, look at a justice system that's dragging Trump across the coals. Yep, absolutely. Right? I, I mean, yeah, like, like I'm going to trust an impartial magistrate, the same kind of impartial magistrate that just handed down a $350 million, you know, dollar thing to Trump and he can't practice business in New York for three years. Yep. Yeah, yeah I'm going to trust those folks to impartially adjudicate uh, whether I, I am in the right or wrong. That's right. And now anybody can do a tip. Maybe on Twitter, somebody notices that you've got pictures of guns on your profile and there's a new reporting uh, mechanism on Facebook and then you can report them and it petitions and now red flag laws and now all of a sudden cops end up at your door. Some people think that sounds far-fetched, but in Canada and the UK, this stuff already happens. In fact, it'll happen for far less uh, things like you have guns, which are already illegal. You may just say the wrong thing. It may be labeled as hate speech and police come to your door. And so this is not Orwellian. This is not dystopian. This is here and now. 
Uh, you give one centimeter for red flag laws, and anybody can disarm you just by saying, I think that these guys are mentally unhealthy. Who decides mental health? You know, who decides that? Perhaps because I'm a war veteran and I've uh, gone through some pretty traumatic things, uh, PTSD and all that, they're able to say, ah, mentally unfit veteran, unhinged with right-wing conspiracy theorists, Christian, dangerous, domestic terrorists, and all that libel is placed on me because we have competing ideologies about what mental health is. I, again, think that men cannot become women. And that makes me an extremely dangerous ideologue after all, right? And so surely I need to be disarmed. I could snap on anyone. I have special training. I have troves of weapons. I have an arsenal at my disposal and many people that I have trained to be extremely dangerous, good at killing and hard to kill. Couldn't they label me as a very potential threat? Now, they'll completely miss the whole fact that I love people. I, I, I learn violence so that I'm a protector. I'm a defender. That's what I'm not. I'm not firing the first shots. I pose no good people, any threat as I carry every single moment of my life. As I go through crowds and interact with people, I'm high fives and handshakes and nice to meet you. And this, the firearms that I happen to carry is just in case somebody wants to shoot innocent people. You want to kill innocent people? I will kill you back for it. And other than that, I'm safe. I'm good. Uh, but that is not what the ideologues on the other side of the table want to do. They want to disarm you. They want to label you as mentally unhealthy and evil. Red flag laws is that little crack in the door. It's the way that it's the back door to the Second Amendment so that anybody who doesn't like you and it fears that your ideology is dangerous will be able to disarm you. It starts with friends and family, and then it expands more and more to anybody who thinks that you might be dangerous can uh, petition a court uh, or local police department to come and disarm you. So I want to move on to question four. Quick recap. Better questions than what the media is asking. How do we improve mental health? Why is the government releasing violent criminals and mentally unstable people in the populace at large? Three, what could be a downside to passing red flag laws and gun control? The fourth one I want to do is what is worse? Gun deaths at the hands of violent criminals. It's a bad thing. Or giving our government a monopoly on force and violence. Which one of those is scarier? Which one of those is worse? According to the Crime Prevention Research Center, this is an economist by the name of John Lott. He's one of us. He's a good guy. Uh, and he understands the data, the statistics resulting from actual gun violence, but he's not skewing it like a bunch of the media who were bought and paid for by globalists with an agenda. So John Lott, this is Crime Prevention Research Center. In 2022, uh, he gives us the report, 541 people were murdered with rifles, 541. So in all of 2022, with all the mil hundreds of millions of people in the United States, we have a grand total of 541 people that are killed with rifles. Now, it'll be a smaller number that were actually killed with AR-15s. We don't actually have that data, but we know rifles in general, 541 deaths, not even a thousand deaths. It turns out that choking, you have 10 times higher likelihood of choking. So next time you're eating and you've got that chicken wing and you're about to bite into it, no 
that this has a 10 times higher chance of killing you than an AR-15 does. Yet AR-15s, it's like uh, Joe Biden. I'm sorry, Joe Biden is a dancing puppet. Joe Biden's administration is trying to convince us that an assault weapon ban is what is needed. That's what's needed. 541 deaths in America in a year. There's no war on chicken nuggets. 10 times higher likelihood of killing you. AR-15s are not the problem. There's tens of millions of AR-15s in the hands of responsible armed citizens. If they were a problem, you would know about it. It would be far wildly higher than 541 deaths. That is a big nothing burger. So here, returning to our question, what's worse? Gun deaths from criminals, and let's center on, on AR-15s, 500, less than 541 deaths from AR-15s in a year, or federal government having a monopoly on AR-15s. Let me bring this full circle. You have to weigh between two competing bad things. One of them must be chosen. One, there's going to be a certain amount of gun homicides in the United States each year. Uh, I'd like to eliminate that. But if the answer to eliminating that is to give the government a monopoly on guns, you give them a monopoly on force so that the people are disarmed, governments will do what governments always have. In the 20th century, the 20th century was the most bloody century of all time, uh, almost 100 million people killed. In, in regimes like Mao Zedong uh, of China, 60 million people. And this is a guy who's turning on his own people. Governments are the top killer of people. Typically, people don't want to wage war against people of other countries. It's the governments that do it. It's the ancient kings and the emperors who want to, uh, in the search of conquest, push across borders and conquer lands. When the people would rather just stay home, battle it out, hug their wife and kids, and be left alone. Beware giving your government a monopoly on force. It's why our founders gave you the Second Amendment. It was the second thing they did. First Amendment, freedom of speech, religion, assembly. Second Amendment, you're fail-safe to protect all your other liberties. Government cannot uh, keep you from having arms. And beware any government that wants to disarm you. After these high-profile shootings, uh, the Biden administration released a statement urging action on gun control, uh, saying that such an attack to occur during a Super Bowl parade cuts deep in the American soul. Thank you. I wonder who wrote that. It certainly was not, as Andrew Clavin calls him, venal houseplant Joe Biden. Uh, Biden's speechwriter said, today's events should move us, shock us, shame us into acting. What are we waiting for? What else do we need? How many more families need to be torn apart, he said. And then the president urges congressional action uh, to ban assault weapons, limit high capacity magazines and strengthen background checks. That's the play. Step one, government creates a problem. Step two, bad things happen. Step three, the government steps in to solve the problem that they created in the first place. And the solution is give us more power and money. It's the oldest trick. It's the one that makes us really stupid. And at some point, we've got to wise up. Government will not solve the problem on bad people using guns to do bad things. Government is not the solution. You are.
What many of you folks on YouTube don't know is the show goes on a lot longer than what you're seeing. We have a Q and ambush, and that's where you guys write in and you ask a question. It could be all kinds of different questions, all kinds of different categories as well. And we also have a hot topic. So we're looking at different newsworthy things and social ills and foibles. And I'm answering that and speaking to that. And then we have a dad joke section. It's real short, but we end the day with that and I send everybody out. So check out Watch WPSN. That's watchwpsn.com. You sign up, you support us, you get good content, and then you're able to download the app on whatever you use for apps. So WPSN, uh, and I'd appreciate the support. Guys, have a good day.